welcome to Conversations About Life. All right. Thanks, Kevin, for being a guest on my podcast. And um, so I, I met you through my sister. You're a friend of my sister's. You live nearby. You, um, you're into fishing. I know a little, few other things about you, but um, just how else would you introduce yourself, would you say? Well, I'm a carpenter. Carpenter? By, by trade. Okay. Um, this is a, just a talent I have, and I've come to grips with that, and I like it, and I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I am a truth seeker, if you wanted to know the title of my name. I love the truth. Give it to me straight. If you find it, let me know about it, because I don't want to waste any more time. Time is the only thing we can't get back. Okay, a truth seeker. Um, and what was it about your name? How is it associated with your name? Or were you just meaning that that kind of like characterizes you as a person? Just what I've come to grips with. Is I see. It, it makes my life a little simpler to realize why I do what I do and how I do what I do, because it doesn't seem to mesh with a lot of people. But truly, all I want is the truth. And if you give me truth, then I want to hear from you. And if you can't give me truth, I'll put up with you. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Cause that's Bible, though. Yeah. Because I have to do that. So that's, um, like, I've thought about that, too, like, truth as being, like, a kind of a way forward in a confusing situation. Like, sometimes um, things get messy, and it's hard to know just what to do. And, like, um, sometimes just speaking the truth as clearly as possible, and uh, it's just kind of a way to go forward in this situation and you don't know what's going to happen um, because the truth kind of takes things out of your own hands. Like I think when we are not uh, truthful, um, the reason, the motivation for it is like we're trying to be in control. So if I'm saying something in a particular way to, so that you'll have a particular Im- impression about me or the situation, I'm trying to control the whole thing. But if I'm just blurting it out, letting it fall, and letting whatever happens, I'm kind of taking my hands off. Interesting. Absolutely. Know. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, you, you come up with the truth that you believe to be true, or at least close enough, and maybe that person is far enough off that you get an idea that maybe they're not, they're not looking for the same thing you're looking for, but you can draw them closer and it becomes like a, I must say this to you, or else you're going to go down a path that is going to lead you somewhere where I got to bring you really far back. Like, don't go all the way down that path. Let me stop you where you're at. And I struggle there. So for me, um, I can kind of recognize how I need to speak the truth and try to act according to the truth best I can. But I as far as other people are concerned, I normally um, just kind of feel like I don't know um, the situation well enough to discern what's right for them, so to speak. And um, But it sounds like you're kind of like can discern 
someone's going down the wrong path and they need to hear something or another and you're kind of trying to intervene. It's Only if it's a path that I've been down. Okay. If it's something new to me, mm-hmm. I'm an open book. I will, I will follow anybody, which is probably what got me into more trouble in my life than anything because that sounded fun or that sounded interesting. And I'll go down that path with you until I find out this is not working. This is not, I think I've always had a, an idea in my life of from a very young age, three years old, where I want to give, it makes me feel really good to make other people feel really good. Because mm-hmm. I know what feeling really good is feels like. My whole life felt really good. Nobody impeded me from feeling good. I got to play. I got to do all these things. I didn't learn anything about the tragedy of life and what I think, you know, it just is. Life is tough. Um, nobody taught me how to deal with that. So I lived a very sheltered type of life. But I always enjoyed other people. I didn't want to see them hurt because I didn't hurt. And I'm like, what, what, what's causing you to hurt? You know, don't drop your ice cream here. Here's my ice cream. Here's, here's my balloon. You know, don't, because I didn't want to see them hurting. And that was from a very, very young age. And try to explain that to people. To me, that's truth. That's genuinely caring about other people. Although it's a selfish act, because it makes me feel good about myself at the same time. But I consider that a good selfish act, because I think we're all selfish at heart. When it comes right down to it, we're all selfish. Mm-hmm. And that goes all the way back to the garden. So, um, okay, so like on the um, kind of the topic of truth and stuff, which is kind of interesting to me, um, like has that... Is that more of a recent thing for you or like just the emphasis on seeking the truth and so forth? Or where did that start or or just whatever you might have to say about it? Like how does it fit into your life and stuff like that? I think at some point I found something to be true. And I, and I want to say that when I got saved, I, I found truth in that. And I held on to it because it, it proved itself. And I was asked to prove it by the book and by, I mean, surround yourself with people who speak truth and, and accept it. No matter what it says to you, but surround yourself with people who speak truth. Uh, and then once that happened, it was, I was able to see what it was, what is, what is truth and what is not truth. And then I was able, once I could discern the two things, which is what I don't think I was taught, I had to learn you know, from the book and from men who could teach me these things, my life became very clear. There's a black, there's a white, this is the way it is, this is the way it isn't. You get through it. It hurts sometimes. It hurts other people sometimes. The truth is not a kind thing. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, 
He loves people. I've got to be honest with you. He does love everybody. But the truth hurts because people don't want to hear the truth. And when I find these things out, no matter how much it hurts me, I'm willing to go through that to find out what it is. So it really is it really comes down to discernment. Can you discern the truth from a from what you're it's it's about are you going to lie to yourself? And that's what it is because everybody's going to lie to you. Are you going to lie to yourself or are you going to believe the truth and suck it up and and go with what with that what that is? So how do you discern the truth? I have an instruction manual. King James Bible. Is a King James Bible is an instruction manual for my life. If I don't know it, I know it's in there. Well, how do you discern how do you know that's true? I believe that's true. And without that, well, I I've never seen it proven wrong. So you prove it wrong, and then we'll have a conversation about it. You prove that book wrong, and then I could have a conversation, but I've never seen it proven wrong. You don't have that much truth over that period of time that that accurately. It's just, I don't see it possible. I see it a miraculous thing. It saved my life. And I don't lie. I mean, I just don't, I'm not going to lie about that. I'm not, I have no reason to make that up. I have every reason to be where I was, and I have no reason to be where I am. Well, how did that happen? How did it save your life? What do you mean by saved? Because there, there may be listeners who don't, you know, are not. Um, so that's kind of like a religious term, Christian term. So um, just kind of go ahead and spell it out. Like, what, what do you mean by all of that? I think I was just in a spot where I was doing what I was trained or taught or not taught to do. You go through life, and I'm following what other people did. Nobody told me this is right, this is wrong. I knew what was right and wrong intuitively. I I never questioned right and wrong. But as far as what you're supposed to do next, at some point you lose your parents' guidance, and it's like, okay, now it's up to you. And I... It's hard as a young person, 12 or 13, 14, 15, to make the right decision. You know the right decision, but it's hard to make it. And it's easy to make the wrong decision. And when no one's pushing you to, okay, if you don't make the right decision, there's going to be consequences. Well, then you're going to make the decision you want to make. And it led me down a path. You know, it didn't make me less intelligent. It didn't make me uh, less sensitive. I was the same person. I just was going down a path because it was easy. You know, it's like going downhill instead of uphill. Well, I didn't see any reason to go uphill. And when I ran in, when I got downhill and it was the end of the road and there's nothing there, somebody showed me, okay, do you want to, do you want to go back up this hill? It's it's not going to be nice because now you're all the way at the bottom of this hill. And you didn't have to go all the way down here, but now you're going to have to go all the way up. And on my way up, I found these truths in the Bible. And every one of them proved themselves. It's like a handhold when you're climbing. 
it's like I know I can trust this one. There's no question about it. And it takes a few of them to go, okay, I know which ones are good and I know which ones are bad. This one I trust explicitly. And they prove themselves to be true. And it just gives you that confidence to walk around in life knowing that you don't have the answers, but you know where to find them. So you got, you're going downhill, you get to the bottom. How did the turnaround work out? What happened? <laughs> Honestly, I had a friend who I was working with who was kind enough to give me a job uh, just to help me out, just to give me some, some money. I had nothing. I mean, I owed everybody money. So I, had, I think I had to borrow money to get up to the job or get a ride or something. And we're coming back from the job. And, I, and this man, I'd never seen him not smiling. And I knew him. And I knew where he lived, and I knew his family. And it wasn't like he was living in high on the hog. But he was happy. He was joyous. He was, he was laughing about everything all the time. And I'd known him for three years. And I'm quite certain that he has mentioned why this is. I didn't hear it. But at some point I said, listen, man, whatever it is you have, or wherever you're on, I'm, a, I'm all in. Give me, give me what you got. You know, I'll find the money to buy what you got. And he pulled the car over, and he opened up his Bible, and he said, this is what I have. And he offered that to me. And it, the way he told it to me, or the way the book read me, sounded right to me. And he said, and I said, what do I do now? And he said, well, just come to church with me on Sunday. Meet me at my house. My family and I, we're going to go to church. And I did. I never questioned it. So you were literally thinking that he was on, like on some kind of... I, I thought he was on some kind of drugs. <sighs> okay. Like some kind of good drug I'd never heard of. Because I'd, I'd done you know, most of them. Okay. And I'm like, whatever it is, man, you got a good mix there, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't drugs. It was... Okay. It was he had confidence in, in the book. And he, and he lived by it. He wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. He did, he did things that... You know, I'm sure he wouldn't want me to tell anybody, mm-hmm. but it didn't make him less of a, a Christian because it made him less of a Christian. It didn't make him less saved because he believed what he was saying to me. And I knew that if anybody, he was, I knew he was a good friend. He wasn't going to lie to me about this. And when he did that, and then two weeks later, he gave me a Bible. And we're still going to church and he took me to a good church didn't mince words. There was no question about what it said in here and then what they said in there. And so those words started to match up and people just started to glom on to me because I was on fire. I just needed something. Give me something more than I have. Mm-hmm. And it was just a, it was a snowball. It seemed, looking back, it looks like maybe it took a long time because you know I didn't understand anything. I was just, but I was willing to listen to all comers. And then I learned discernment. It's like, okay, well, don't listen to all, everybody. You've got to listen to the people who are, if it doesn't come out of this book, watch. So discernment, I think, was probably the biggest lesson I had to learn. Learn to discern the people and the truth and, and how to 
find those things. And I, and I can see, and I've always had that in my life where I could see things in people. I can see it walking down the street. What should I talk to this person? Should I run from this person? Should I engage this person? Because they have something to say, and it's it's been very clear to me. And I can even if I don't know right away, within five minutes, I'm like, either stick around or run. So praise the Lord for that. So you found in the Bible, like order things that just uh, seem true, um, like uh, just kind of a new road open up for you. Um, truth. Going to church, truth, okay. Um, and then um, so what kind of you know what um, was it like a kind of for you like a you know what's the content of that truth was it a system like well here's how to live was it um, more um something else like what was offered to you through the truth like what no this is probably where I get a little off because I assume a lot here I'm going to assume a little bit about the human condition I think I knew the truth and I didn't want to follow the truth and I found a way that or I found other people or something that respected that truth. And it was okay to do that as opposed to the world that I was living in where nothing that I believed to be the truth was helpful to anyone. And if it was, it was, I want to believe that it was, they took offense to it because they knew it was the truth and they didn't, they didn't want to hear it. And so I still find that today. I think the world doesn't want to hear the truth because they're busy living lives that either they don't know or they're not seeking after it. And the truth scares them. The truth is scary because it's not always, you know, just because you find the Lord doesn't make it a doesn't make it happy. He's a you know, you want justice? We'll talk about justice. We can have a whole conversation about justice. I don't think most people want justice. Because what do you have? What do you have in your pot? When it comes to perfection, you're going to lose this battle. So, I think truth scares people. But I think I always had it, and I think it was comfortable for me to find truth. When and the more I got, as hard as it was to get back from where I was, because you develop these habits over years, and then to dissolve those habits, it's really difficult. And then you're you know, you develop stupid things like social anxiety. It's like, uh, I'm not good enough. I mean, the first time I walked into church, I'm like, there's no way I should be able to be, I can't be around these people, <laughs> which is hilarious to me today <laughs> because, you know, 90% of them are as bad or worse than I was. You might find one that somehow got slipped through the cracks, but most of them, I mean, this is a, this is a, this is not a museum. Can you give me like a summary of like the Bible's message, um, like or 
<laughs> like, uh, you know, the kind of like what Christianity is all about. Um, we're not, you know, I just like, cause we're talking about truth a lot, but I'm not sure just what the content of that, how you, you know, what, how you see it. Like if in a nutshell, like if there's, you know, a way to put it like that. I don't know that I could do it. I could do it for people who, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. I, John 1 1 to me is, is, is the essence of the Bible. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Mm-hmm. And I take the Word to be literal. So the Word that's written, written on the page is God. So every single Word is God. And that was from the beginning. And that Word became flesh for us. And so I take each each word, each syllable, each everything, and the Bible says that every tittle, every every dot of what that is is true. And some people would say that's faith, and I think it is faith to read it. But once you read it, it becomes a solid rock of because I believe every single question that you could possibly ask is answered in that book. Do if you, you look. Do you put the fork on the right or the left? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And these are, you know, these are the gray, quote unquote, gray areas that we find all over our lives. I don't believe there's a gray. I think gray is made up to make us feel better about the fact that there is a truth and there's a lie and there's black and there's white. And if Anything in between is something we made up to make ourselves feel better about not being able to achieve something. And this is where Jesus comes in. It's like, you don't have to achieve these things. But there is a truth. I am here to mediate between you and the truth because you can't do it by yourself, but I can. Because according to God, we're all dead. He's done it twice. He'll do it again. But with Jesus, we get a chance. He's a mediator. He gets. He's our lawyer. Just point to your lawyer. Don't say anything. Just point to him. And you have nothing to say about this matter because you don't. As much as you love the truth, you don't know it. You're just seeking after it. Okay. So with Jesus, we have a chance. Like, what does that mean? Well, we have security. Security. Because he said he he will. Okay. And I and I believe that. And it's. No, I don't know. Where do you fall on that? I mean, on, on on what is this a truth, or because a lot of people would argue, okay, well, you're talking about a man that lived in history. We all we all know that to be true, right? Where's the truth in that? So you're asking me, um, like, is Jesus the tr- truth? Is that what your question is? Is, he, is he what he says he is? What is is he the way, the truth, and the life? Is he the word? How do we know that? Yeah. And why do we believe that? Or why do I believe that? Right. Is that what you're asking me? And that's what I'm asking you. I mean, can yeah. you see some truth in that? I don't know. I mean, it's a tough question because people will yeah. ask you these things. Yeah. Um, so, um, and just kind of stopping and thinking about it for a minute as far as like just kind of the why, 
you know, Jesus, you know, of course, he's a man in history, but the claims that are made about him through the word, you know, are pretty um, extraordinary um, claims that, um, like John 1, 1 that you mentioned, in the beginning was the word, and uh, and the word became flesh, and, you know, referring to Jesus. And... Um, so as far as like the why, you know, is he the truth and like why would we believe that? I think there's different things. Um, one, one is that the his, there is the historical claims. And um, for me, not being a professional historian, I don't know how much confidence I can have in that. I can think like, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, people, the writers of the New Testament seem to believe that God rose, raised him up from the dead. Okay, but um, could the, I be tricked or deceived in some way? Maybe. Um, but um, like I, I think, like what you're probably referring to, I have had like an ex- spiritual experience with God where I came to the end of my rope, and um, and uh, just was felt like a morally disgusting person and called out to God to save me. And he lifted that guilt from me. And I knew I was forgiven. Um, and um, a new world opened up to me. So, And then the, the Bible, it, um, there's, there's something, I don't know, self-authenticating or something about it. Um, Open it up. It's got like a moral type of uh, quality to it about, you know, righteousness, the glory of God, things like this. That Vengeance of God. Yeah. And that makes it true. If, if there is no, if there's no consequence, mm-hmm. this, is, this is not the God I, I think of. The God I think of is I'm on my knees, on my face. I can't, he can't look on me. It says that it, he can't look on me without the shed blood of Jesus Christ in front of it. It's a veil. Mm-hmm. He can't see me. He can't look on sin because he's perfect. Mm-hmm. That makes my God more real. The more unreal the book is when it talks about God, the more real he becomes to me. Because if, if he's as real as me, well, God bless, you are too. And I don't, I don't need you as my God. You know, what I can see, what I can touch, what I can explain, I don't want as my God. Because I've seen and touched and explained a lot of things and been really, really wrong. Mm-hmm. And fallen way short. Uh, so the, the fact that it's surreal just proves it, itself more to me. And... The things about Jesus start in the first chapter of the first book. And he doesn't show up, quote-unquote, until way, way towards the end. And you and I as Christians, we're not even in that book until almost the end. And we kind of get lucky. If you ask me, it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to go to these people because you people aren't listening. Um, 
but he's all he's laced throughout that book because he's the word you know what's the first letter of the first verse i in i mm-hmm. i am right i mean it's it's a beautiful thing it's it's written it's written in a way that if you get so deep into it, if you literally read the book which I don't think people do. They, they take what they hear from people uh, and they never actually read it for themselves. Just pick it up and read it. And yes, I get it. Some of it gets boring, Leviticus, and I don't really want to read about Jewish law. But it will teach you where things come from, why people do what they do, why God laid down these laws, why they don't necessarily apply to us. It's, so it's a book, to get back to your question, it's a book of history, um, it, you are not in that book. It is not a book to you. It's a book of his son. Like, you have sons. And if you had to write down their lives, you would, you would show it in a great shining light of, look what I've done. Look, look, I, look what I've done for you people. I've provided something that helps you out. And he writes a great story about his glorious son. I could do the same thing. I could write a book about my son. I I think he's the most amazing thing in the world. Um, I I find nothing wrong in the young man other than the fact that he's a human being and needs to realize that he has a place in heaven and he is in this world, but he is not of this world. And when he realizes this for himself, it'll change his life. And that's all I can ask of the young man. It's just to study the book because that's what it is. We're just passing through here. And when, the sooner you realize that, the more sense and the more disturbing this world becomes. You make more sense of it, but it just becomes a little more disturbing to me. To, and I think that's where I'm at in my walk. It's like, how do you handle people who don't get it in a nice way? Because so, you don't want them not to get it. It's not like you're putting them down. It's just like, but I'm not even halfway there. So I don't want the people that, that know more than me to put me down because I'm not there. So it's, 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 it's a journey for soldiers. I think it's interesting how you say that the book is all about Jesus because that really kind of sets a perspective that helps with other things, I think. Um, for example someone I've been conversing with, multiple people, it seems like this thing comes up a lot that could technically be referred to as like the problem of evil. And basically it's if God is all powerful and if he loves, why does why does evil exist and suffering? Like why do innocent children suffer and perish? Because if either... So the problem is like, well, either he doesn't love and he's not all good, or he's not able to um, prevent that from happening. So it's kind of like this, well, what do you do with that? Um, And it's difficult. And there's not, I don't know if like a simple solution or simple answer is there for us, you know, in our limited understanding. But understanding that... um, it's not about us primarily, but it's about 
Jesus and the revealing of him um, helps, I think, with the perspective and helps us to deal better with these problems than if we think that life is all about us, I guess. I don't know. Um, I guess the question is, this is a question that people ask. Why do bad things happen to good people? Right. The question is not that. The question is, why do good things happen to bad people? Yeah. Because in in the general sense, we are all bad people in the eyes of God. We're Mm -hmm. all bad. Why do good things happen to us? The bad things are easy to figure out. We're not good at this, according to that law. Mm-hmm. I mean, every single human being on the face of the earth has broken every single commandment that he ever gave. So if you had a child who never followed your rules, would you still treat him well, ever? I mean, it's like, you, you never you never follow any of my rules. You keep breaking them. What do we do with kids like that? We send them away, we do put them on drugs or do something, because this kid, isn't he's not following the rules. So, so why do we deserve any any good that we do get. Yeah, the thing, the the stickiness of it comes in, like with maybe innocent children. Um, well, that's, yeah, there's an age of accountability, and that's... Well, I mean, and, and like little kids maybe suffering from abusive parents or um, oh, I natural tragedy or... Um, You'd have to find that for me. There's a verse about that where... It, he, he, yes, God, this is going to be confusing for people because God, yes, is in control. He's got all that he can do what he wants to do. But he also gave this, this earth that will burn. He gave him dominion, Satan, over, over this earth. So he allows him to play his game until he needs to intervene in certain situations. But that's the fall of man. When he, when he kicked him out of the garden... And he guarded the garden very well. You're not getting back in. Go, go forth and do what you're going to do. You're, gonna, you're not going to be good at it. Go do what you're going to do. And I'm going to put this person in your path because this is who you decided to listen to. And so there's a certain amount of control that Satan has. And, and therein lies your sin because that, that is not... That's not God-ordained. He doesn't let that. He does not say, okay, well, he has no sin. He doesn't know sin. He can't look at sin. So somebody's causing that. Somebody's allowed to cause that. But that's not God's fault. That's our fault. You sin because you want to sin. You know the right thing to do. If you choose not to do it, don't put that on God. And that there's consequences to other people. Like, um, for ex- going back to like a baby or something like that, they might be, I mean, um, not suffering for their own sin, so to speak, as in, um, like, uh, just the example, abusive parents or something, you know, like... Right. But don't we suffer for the sins of Adam? Right, yeah. Right. right. So, so, that so unleashed- the baby is suffering for the sins of the, of, the, of the man who didn't learn how not to beat his child and his wife and... Right, right. Yeah, so... Doesn't make them culpable for that sin. Right. So, um... Sad. Yeah, it is. It's the truth, right? Right. The truth is not nice. Yep. It's truth, though. It is true. This kid did not deserve to grow up like this. Mm -hmm. And they may grow up to do really 
crazy, wild things that put them in prison. They're guilty of their crime, but they're not guilty of the way they were raised. Right. And I'm not trying to throw off the guilt here. Mm-hmm. And the ways, and somehow the way that Jesus combated the evil in the world was just taking it on himself, like allowing Amen. it just to be, you know, drinking it down, so to speak. And, um, and then God raised him up and vindicated him. And this is why I cry at church every week, because I can't fathom all of that sin that you and I are talking about. People who do things that, that's the way they were raised. That's, they didn't really necessarily know any better. I mean, I feel fortunate that I was raised in a nice family where I knew the basics of right and wrong. But when it comes right down to it, I don't think that anybody feels that this is the right thing to do. I mean, there's mental illness. There's all these things. And this is the result of sin. Mm-hmm. And we have to incorporate that into something. And then to think that he took all of it throughout the history of time, from Adam to right now, and bore it. And his, it was so bad that his the father couldn't look on him. He took all the sin of the world to the point where he, he you know, his, his own father couldn't look on him. He turned his face away. I can't look at you. To me, that makes me want to weep and cry because that's what saved my life. And, if, and, if, and I believe that with everything I am. Everything. And huh. it, it leads my life. It gets me up in the morning. It makes me cry. It makes me smile. Uh, and I just love it. It's, it's, it's why I am. And to me, that's the truth. And that's the ultimate truth. So... Okay, so Jesus, so Jesus crucified. That's like the center of the Christian faith. It's ins- inspired people throughout thousands of years, and it seems like it's made a big splash on your life. You know why you get up, and why you live, and so forth. Um, how, um, like, does that just come like without effort or? Like, for me, um, Jesus spoke about, you know, the parable of the seed. Like, some seed gets choked out in the thorny soil by cares and the deceitfulness of riches and stuff. So, the world is a distracting place. And um, I can, um, you know, so like, the cross, Jesus crucified, and all that means can have an impact on me. Or it can be the furthest thing from my mind, you know. So do you have to, um, I don't know, like um, live your life in any particular way in order to keep that foremost? Or um, are there disciplines or routines or anything that help? Um, or does that just, um, is it just, well, that's just made such an impact that, you you know, it's just the way it is and you don't really need to. Um, I don't know. Do you deal with distraction and so forth, or does it? Is it just kind of like the foundation of your life constantly and um, on your mind and so to speak? You know. No, I think that's therein lies. I mean, 
I'm like 14, 15 years old as far as being born again. Okay. I'm a horrible listener, and I'm a, I have no discipline as far as reading. I mean, I know older gentlemen that, that have guided me through this that I trust that they're doing what they say they do, but I need to keep my nose in that book way, way, way more than I do. But I do notice, so this would be like a young person talking. Uh, like if your son came to you and said, yeah, I know I messed up, but I recognized it when it got to be bad. It's like, well, you, know, you need to train yourself to recognize it before it gets bad. Um, and I think that's a maturity level as far as what are you, you know, stay, keep studying. It's like, you know, you get through high school and then you go to college and it's like, well, all I need to do is get the degree. Well, you might want to just continue to study. And that's where people get their master's degree. That's where people become doctors. I want to be a doctor of, of the truth. Uh, and I'm by no means even close, but I can certainly tell when things get out of hand and Unfortunately, that's when I turn back to the... Tr it's like, okay, wait, let's go. Something, Something's wrong. To be able to detect that earlier is going to make you that person who can maybe help somebody when you're 80. Um, like your your father, for instance. He's, I, I love people like him that can just slowly tell you the truth because you basically walk yourself into it and they just have to go. Mm -hmm. And there's some comfort in that because you know that they know that they know that they know. And they just want to watch you walk yourself into the truth. Um, I would like to be that person at some point, but that's a lot of experience and it's a lot of staying in it. It's, it is a study. It's not a, you don't learn it just because you got saved. I mean, there's some work involved and that's the beginning of your journey. How do you deal with the heart? For example, you can become um, a master Bible scholar, you know, the Pharisees were, and and kind of maybe miss the weightier matters of the heart. Um, for example, um, you know, there's things I can recognize in my own heart, like uh, maybe fleshly cravings for just wanting it all to be about me, you know, or wanting to be kind of like um, exalted, so to speak, you know, seen as special and you know, and, you know, just kind of the focus on me. So I can identify with things like that. Um, I was just thinking about this um, recently and just thinking, well, like, um, how is that hard work done so that it's not just intellectually knowing more about what this verse says, that verse says, but like our hearts are really being transformed so we're being more satisfied in the Lord, content, humble, um, and not like um, just wrapped up in me, me, me. <laughs> you know? Right there, that's it. Right there, me, me, me. Because yeah. what I mean, there's there's two things in my life: truth, mm -hmm. and there is one sin, and that is pride. Okay. And every single sin you can possibly think of that's ever been committed, if you talk about it long enough it will eventually end up at pride. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, we are egotistical. Mm -hmm. And I want to know more. I want to believe I know more. 
But when you when you get to a situation, therein lies the the God of Jesus, where he he knew everything, he knew it all straight straight up straight down. I don't pretend to know that, but he met people where they were easily, and they never thought for a second. The woman at the well never thought for a second that he was judging her. She's like. She was comfortable with that. And to get there, and to, I think it's more of an empathy, I guess we'd call it, but just take yourself out of it. For one second of your life, take yourself out of it. And, and look at it from their perspective. And then try to learn as much as you can about why they're saying what they're saying, why they feel the way they feel. Um, take a minute to listen to what people's story is. And then maybe you might be able to form an opinion that has some education behind it instead of just, oh, I see where you are now. Let me tell you how to get out of that. You have no idea what happened to this person. Mm-hmm. And uh, that took me, I mean, I'm still going through that. I, it just, I struggle with it because I feel like I, I want to help so bad that I don't sometimes take time to listen to why. How can you help somebody? You don't even know what's wrong with the car. You know, just because you know cars doesn't mean you know what's wrong with this particular car. Uh, so that's, I think, is more of an empathy thing. It's, so the love of the Bible is, you know, people say, well, be like Jesus. Well, that's easy to say. It's impossible. It's easy to say. We will be like Jesus, which is a glorious thing. But I think we have to accept our own frailties and humble ourselves and just it's like the more we learn about the Bible and the more we learn about truth and the more we learn about life, I'm excited about my life. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, I'm here for a reason. I have a home and this isn't it. But I'm excited for what he has to do for me more and more every day to where it used to be like I'm struggling on the battlefield and I don't know what to do. And it seems like every day it gets a little bit more Doable, you know. You go a little more front line, a little more front line. But you got to remember that people aren't there. So just look back to where you were, and that's a scary thing to do because I asked some questions <laughs> to some very good friends of mine who were, I mean, Bible questions that I don't even remember, but they were embarrassing if I look back. But they didn't look at it that way. They were fired up. They're like, that's a good question, Kevin. That's a really good question. Let's sit down and talk about that. Yeah. So the whole concept. That's love. Yeah. It's love one to another. I'm going right. to bring myself back to where you are mm-hmm. in a loving manner, mm-hmm. and I'm going to explain what that, what that feeling you're having is because I've had it. And it might take them a minute. They might have to go, God, that's been 35 years since yeah. I've thought that. Mm-hmm. But it's still right there, and that's Holy Spirit. Once you have it, you got it. Mm-hmm. Do you ever say something, and you're like, and you go on for 15 minutes, and you're like, where did that come from? I, I never wrote that down. I never like had that train of thought. Like I didn't, mm-hmm. I, I didn't write a sermon. I didn't uh, make up for a college class. It's just like this, uh, what do they call it, train of consciousness or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it just, it just goes out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, I should have been recording this because that's pretty good stuff. <laughs> yeah, and it's not from you. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So, heart work 
it sounds like, the transforming of our heart, if we can let the, the word, the story of Jesus humble us where we see ourselves in it more as adoring him rather than it all being about us, or so to speak, um, that that could move us a good step. Amen. In the right direction. Absolutely. So, so the, the, meaning, the meaning of life, we've been struggling with this one. This is tough for people I know. It's like a tree falling in the woods. These are all easy questions to answer. I love how they base entire philosophy classes around this stuff. The meaning of life is, is a very simple thing, and, and that is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. When you do this, it, if you want to or not, it's a, get on board. I mean, that's the meaning of life. That's why we're here. Um, All right, what was your question again? I kind of forgot. Oh, no, me too. But um, speaking of humility, I heard this it's one. A, it's a thing, though. It's a, it's a real thing. It's, it's There's a purpose. You have a purpose. Whether or not you like this purpose or not, it doesn't matter. You, you, you're going to be happier fulfilling this purpose. You're, 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 oh, I know what it was. Okay. So, and this is going to sound weird because it's going to sound like an egotistical thing. But to know something that someone else doesn't know can be a very frustrating thing if they're not willing to listen, you know, when to talk, when not to talk. I find that frustrating. And I don't know much. I'm not saying that, but I know more than some people about certain things. And it's nice to have somebody that's like, that's willing to admit, I don't know anything about this. Tell me. You know, you sit, you, you find me somebody who's a minute older than me, I will sit and listen to this person till they stop talking. Because clearly they don't know more than me. The older they get, the more I listen. Because they have experience. I'm not saying they're the wisest person, but they have more experience than I do. And they might say something that's useful. And they're just an older soldier. Um, so that, that line between where am I, I don't know. It's just a... It's a frustrating thing to be right in the middle. It's like, you know, again, I'm a teenager, and I'm a frustrated teenager sometimes. I heard a definition for humility that stuck with me for years. and um, I've got a good one for you, too. Okay. It's, um, this is the definition. Humility is nothing to hide, nothing to prove, nothing to lose. And I don't know, I've thought about that, and it really kind of gets down to... Um, to it, um, it seems to me, but it's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Mine Kiko. was, mine was, um, I think I told my mother at one point, I'm the most humble person I know. <laughs> yeah. There's a lesson in life. You say that, Nick, as soon as it comes out of your mouth, you're like, <laughs> and I don't care how egotistical you are. You say that statement, it must make you think like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I haven't even got to the starting line yet. I'm still warming up. Yeah. It came out of my mouth, though. Oh, yeah? <laughs> to your mom? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, how did she reply? My mother is amazing. Yeah. She, she is, she's a head shaker, and she'll just, she'll let things go. Yeah. She, I think she believed that she raised us in a manner that at some point she truly let us go. And she's like, you'll figure it out. 
Mm-hmm. I've taught you enough. I don't, sometimes it takes a lot longer than she probably thought, but she's a truly great listener to a fault sometimes. She has mm-hmm. a lot of things in her mind from people in her life that would probably write 17 volumes of books that people would read over and over and over because she just is a vault and she just takes this in and it's like, how do you do it? Yeah. I should ask <laughs> her ask her to be a guest on my podcast. You, <laughs> you absolutely should. Yeah, I think I will. Um, okay, so what um, what do you find like really satisfying in life that really resonates with you when you are doing it, involved with it? Well, like like my most satisfying moments in like a course of a day, I guess. Sure. Or just or in, a week in general. Or, yeah, just whatever. Well, I love to fish. Okay. And that's pretty easy. I mean, it, that's pretty basic. Has that been I, going I on enjoy. for years and years? Or? Yeah, that's probably oh. 20 years. Okay. Um, not something I, I grew up with. It's something I had to learn on my own, like most things that I think I know. What do you get out of fishing? That's a good question. I don't know that I've ever really solved that riddle. Um, uh, if anybody who fishes that, there's something about that tug that's something alive on the other end right. that you've tricked. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even necessarily tricked. I mean, you see little kids, they feel something pull back that they can't see. Mm-hmm. Okay, that could go a lot of different ways. You know, something pulls back. Dang, that's really good. I'm going to write that down. Um, that you can't see, and, and it's, just, it's, it's there's something about that. I think it's it's a it's a visceral experience, um, and it doesn't matter what it is. It's just okay. Now you just gave me a whole lot of line of thought. I go down that path a while. I just like that's what I like. That's that's what I enjoy. Thank you, Will. That's what it is. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The clothing doesn't matter. The gear doesn't matter. It's that. Feeling something alive on the other end of your amen string. Thank you. Huh. Changed yeah. my life this morning, or at least my way of thought. Uh, well, you don't need to write anything down because it's all being recorded. So there you amen. go. <laughs> um, That's beautiful. And then the other, I think the other thing that it just recently is just what love truly is. Um, I think I always knew what love was for me. But to have it reciprocated, uh, I think that that's something for 47, almost 48 years, is, is something I've been searching for. So, and what's that been lately? How, what are you talking about? Well, it's, it's to be understood, to be able to be completely vulnerable, and, and not have that used against you in any way. It's like, to, to be listened to, uh, but because you show that same thing, you know, it's, and it could be with friends, boss, you know, I have very few friends, but I can have this same conversation with my friends and they don't have something else to do all of a sudden. And that's all I ask from somebody because I, because they love me. And they care 
about what, necessarily what I care about, but they care about the fact that I care about it. Hmm. And they take that, they, they make an investment. And I think that that's something I was always missing, is just somebody just to listen and to take it in. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to find true love of another human being. Hmm. Unconditional you know, it's like well, the first time you say, I know that I know that I know, when you know what it means, it's kind of like that. It's like, I love you, I love you, I love you. And then put the quotations around each word separately. I love you. I love you. I love you. You, you take that sentence, those little three-word sentence, and you put the quotations in different places. When you can do that, there's something different about that. Hmm. Okay. Um, and is, is, are you referring to like one particular relationship or just relationships in general among multiple people that, that's just kind of blossoming out? I think one relationship brought it out. Okay. It revealed that there's another person in the world that feels the same way that I do. That is, is recent, but it revealed why... I had the other relationships in my life and, and it also it brought my standard of who I believe in and who I trust up to another level because it's like okay there's somebody that's really on board with this what I thought was a magical mystery tour of there's nobody's nobody's going to love you like that we're all selfish by nature mm-hmm. but you find another person who realizes that we're all selfish by nature and need somebody to love them, now you got something. But you, it's, it's, it's a two-way street. You've got you to gotta give that. It, and when you give it, and, and they trust you enough to give it back, it's, it's, just, it's a new thing. It, it's a weird. At 47 years old, I find love of another human being. Mm-hmm. 47 years. Of, of, not the love I'm looking, not the love I was seeking for. And people take care of you. People provide for you. People do things. You have friends that will, you know, pick you up, do things like that. But to, for someone to truly, in their heart, care for you and who you are and what you are is, a, is just an amazing thing. And what a gift to get from... I, I didn't think it was out there. I really didn't. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just going to be a lifelong of, I'm in this thing alone. You better get it on Get out of the way. You know, hearing that, the thing that comes to my mind is like just, you know, it being hit, being hit with how special love is, like how it's such the, it's the thing, it's the most special thing in this life, really, you know, and that I have the power to give that. And that's a pretty um, kind of profound thing. It is. That's a nice way to put it, Will. Yeah, um, you have the power to give that. It's just um, kind of frustrating sometimes because our lives are so full of responsibilities and cares, and trying to get this done, and trying to get that done, and and wondering, you know, here I'm um, running this whole day through, and does any of it really matter? <laughs> you know, whereas maybe um, I don't know, maybe life could be. I think about sometimes, like, could life be simplified so that 
I'm able to give more to the more the most important things like connection, love, and so forth. Um, but we, there are things that need to be done. You know, <laughs> well, that's kind of funny because I, I, the first thing that I noticed when I met you was you seem to. You certainly speak with a purpose, and you seem to act with a purpose. And I'm a firm believer in you are exactly where you're supposed to be. There is no luck. There is no coincidence. There's no accident. This is God's plan. You know, we can go to Romans 8.28, and we can do that. This is not about our good. This is about his good. He, he's doing what he's going to do. Whether or not you want to get on board with it is up to you. All things work together for good, for his glory for those who love Christ. And so whether or not you feel good about it doesn't matter. But where you are doing what you're doing is for his glory. So either do that well for his glory or go do what you want to do and see how that works out for you. I always feel like I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I am never late for anything. Hmm. According to me, I mean, it, it, it's hard to explain to people, but I'm never really late. Because I'm right where I'm supposed to be. If I wasn't, who do I believe in? Do I believe it's, that he's in control of this? I have my own free will, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But he loves me because I love him. So he wants my good, so mm-hmm. what am I afraid of? I have nothing to be afraid of. I have nothing to be afraid of. The only thing I fear is the Lord. And that's for the first time in my life. And that was my whole problem, is that I feared everything because I had nothing to believe in. Yeah, I've read a, a proverb just, I think, yesterday, a couple of proverbs along those lines from chapter, maybe it was 16. So yeah, today's the 17th, so yesterday would have been on chapter 16 in Proverbs. And, uh, That's a great book. About how um, plans belong to man, but the answer belongs to God, or the steps belong to God. It's like how things work out, God is sovereign over you know we we're not in control about that right. we can make our plans yeah you want to make a plan right now we'll make a plan for next weekend we'll see how that goes yeah. come on we'll do it right now we'll write it down and everything right we'll and, time uh, it out to the minute <laughs> see how that works out for us yeah but um and i guess you know we do that we plan but we are like it, it is up to god and we uh i think what you're expressing is like confidence and god's love and care and therefore, never late. <laughs> right. I'm not late on his clock. Right. I mean, it's, it's one thing to be uh, mean to people, you know, and you know, they say they set a time. I get all right. that. But right. as far as in the, in the general sense, no, I'm not really late. Um, I'm just a human, and I'm kind of a jerk sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not late. I'm yeah. just a jerk. So which one do you want? You want to be late or you want to be a jerk? I guess I'm a jerk because I'm not late. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not afraid to take my hits. I'm I I know what I am. Uh, I try not to. I really do, and I try not to hold it against other people. And I like it when other people can do something which is just hurtful or mean, or just it just gets you. But they can come back and go, and they realize what they did. That, to me, you can do anything to me. If at some point in your life you realize, man, I'm really sorry. I mean, 
to this day, and this is going to sound weird, but you and I went fishing, and I had two rods, which I told you I had. And I grabbed one and never thought to offer the other one to you. And you sat there and watched me fish, and I had a, another rod in the back of the car that I never offered to you. And it, it hurt me a lot at the beginning when I realized it. And I realized it when I was fishing. And I almost just gave you mine, and I went back and go. But it, it, it hurts me to, 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 to be so unaware of other people's feelings. I, I just... So I think that's a good thing to be, at least at some point in your life, to be aware that maybe you might have hurt somebody's feelings. But I got to sit in the shade and chat while you were out there in the sun <laughs> struggling with Amen fish. That. <laughs> you um, see where I'm going with that? Though? It's, yeah. You have to at some point. I hate, I hate to think that how many times that I've hurt somebody's feelings or done something to offend someone and just completely oblivious to it and I'm sure it's happened a lot of times and they just were like it seems to happen more with the people that like good Christian brothers because they just let it go because they understand that it does happen once you understand that this happens you tend to let it go because you hope that they're on the right path right now you mentioned you know like a people maybe wronging you but like if at some point they realize it you know or something okay well they may not have you ever dealt with um like just kind of bitterness rumination because of an unfair way you're being treated or something like that and um have you overcome that like um i don't know it's just something i deal with and i was just wondering if you know just <laughs> is this something that you, a you rumination know? over yeah and um gone. it's gone okay gone it's gone and that's that's a beautiful thing it's it, yeah. and i know what you're talking about yeah but it might last it's kind of like people somebody say do you ever uh doubt there's a god and to be honest i'm like yeah for about a minute and a half a year it'll cross my mind mm-hmm but that's it. Yeah. But no, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't do that. What well, did? Um, did you? And did you? Absolutely. And, and what? That's um, human condition stuff. Yeah. And what was? How did you get over that? Probably revenge of some sort. But I was pretty crafty about it. Like, <laughs> you know, like I didn't like go. I wasn't a fighter kind of guy. But I would come back. You know. Kind of like girls in high school, you know, they're not, we're not going to fight, but we're just going to have you develop an eating disorder somehow. <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. So, they're mean, you know. They, they do, do things differently. I would go around about, you know. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't really remember doing it on purpose, but I'm sure that I felt, I feel like I always got over it quickly. Okay. But it was there, but now it's not even there. I mean, if you if you if that's what your deal is, I just I don't have time. I got I got other things. I'm past it. Right. And I feel sorry for you, and I want to help you, but you you seem like you're so far from asking for help at that point. If you're going to do that to someone else, that I just let it roll by. I mean, God has a plan for my life, and I just I'd, I'd rather get on with it. 
right. than deal with the wreckage of what you were dealing with. Because I just happen to be a part of your car wreck. Right. So I got to keep going. You know, my car's still moving. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, thanks. It's awesome. It's a great way to live your life. It's. I find peace. I wake up in the morning. I'm a happy guy. A uh, lot less stress. All right. So I guess we'll wrap up, but is there anything else we sh- you know, should bring up or end with or, um, um, I guess one thing, you know, I, what, what's your routines like? Um, like I guess going to church, that's a routine. Um, but just routines in your life that helpful, you know, you talked about the words, I guess, you know, spending time like reading is probably a part of your routine in some way, but, um, like, is there anything um, structured to your life, like with routines and so forth, that seem to fit you well and be helpful? You know, besides those couple of things? I, it, it's kind of odd that you asked that question, because I, I love routine. I enjoy structure. I would have been a fantastic soldier. Mm-hmm. I like somebody telling me what to do, as long as they're telling me the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, get up, do this, do this, do this, do this. I, I'm fine with that. As long as it's the right thing to do, sometimes I need to be told that. Yeah. And, and I accept that. But I'm really vagabondish about all of the things you mentioned. Oh, I mean, okay. I mean, I'll sometimes I'll... Again, I'm not doing it because I'm flaky. But I'll go where I'm supposed to go. And it's... Maybe it's, you know... I mean, there's probably, I'm sure there's apostles who's a who's a... Who's a example of that where it's like okay well you're supposed to be here but now you're over here and I like to think I'm doing it for the right reasons and not because I don't want to go where where I should go like I can't sit around anymore and go and struggle well you didn't make church today because you you could have gone to church today but you didn't make it but this became more important Mm -hmm. you know your son's band practice was more important than making church which is a poor excuse, but I can't sit around and, and, and ponder that. So, yeah, I make a schedule. Mm-hmm. I rarely keep it. <laughs> okay, I see. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I, I'm trying. I really am. Because I think structure is really good. It's, especially for a young Christian, it's really good to be have a structure. I just work that way. Okay. I like it. It works, oddly enough. Well, thanks, Kevin. It's been good talking with you. I just... You know, good, satisfying conversation. So I appreciate your frankness and I appreciate being a guest. Amen, brother. I appreciate it too. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.